What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How are you guys doing today? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us. Can you guys help me give a big, huge welcome to everybody at our Lighthouse Point location? Come on, we, get, we love you guys, man. We're so glad you're joining with us today. And, and I'm excited about today because at every one of our locations today, we're doing water baptism. And I think that this is an incredible day for you to, na- to take your next step of faith. If you've never, if you have given your life to Jesus and you've never gone and have done water baptism, I want to encourage you to do that today. What water baptism is, is it's, it's an outward display of an inward decision that you made to follow God. And it's telling everybody that like, man, God has changed me on the inside. Now I want you to know that my old life has passed and a new life has begun. And, and I realized that maybe you're not prepared to do that. Like you don't have a change of clothes. You don't have all that stuff. Well, here's the good news. We are prepared for you. And so we have changes of clothes. We have towels. We have everything you need. It's going to be happening right after service out there uh, on the paver area, right in front of the new building here in Parkland outside the the Lighthouse Point location uh, to the west of your facility. It'll be a great opportunity for you to participate in that. But today, everybody say today. today. Come on, say today. today. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I, I believe is going to, uh, can revolutionize your life in a pretty powerful way. I, I've been seeing God do something in, in, in ways that I haven't seen him do in a, in a long time. In fact, that I've seen more uh, miracles, more transformation, more things taking place in the last six months, particularly in this one area of our spiritual walk than, than anything I've ever seen in, in the last 10 years. And so I want to talk to you today. I have a story out of Mark chapter 10. If you want to turn in your Bibles there or you want to look at your worship gods and really talk to you about the story out of Mark chapter 10, it says this, starting in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, uh, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. And I love that. I, I, I hope that for our sake, that there is a group of people that say, you know what? It doesn't matter what all the world's telling me. It doesn't matter what people around me are saying. I, I'm going to be voice, boisterous for my faith. And I want more of God in my life. And so I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to get loud and passionate for my God because I want to see him move in my life. I wish somebody in here would actually get passionate and want to see God move in their life. Y'all are a bunch of deadbeats right now. Okay, maybe we're alive now. It says, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus. Now, here's what I want to talk to you today about. In fact, I want to teach you something today. It's not very often I want to teach you something. Today, I want to to teach you how to pray. I want to teach you how to pray. Pray. In fact, we're going to start off today with a prayer. And are you guys ready for some prayer? Yes. Okay, whether you are or you aren't, I got the mic, so we're going to pray. So, God, we just come before you 
And I just pray right now that as your presence is in this room, God, that you would open up our eyes to see, you would open up our ears to hear, you would open up our hearts to receive all that you want to speak to us. God, I pray that as we are talking about a subject that is the way that we commune with you, prayer, God, that we would get a deeper revelation of, of how to pray and what that looks like for our everyday lives. And that, that today, God, that you would speak to us in incredible ways. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. I, I, I'm a sports guy in life. I love sports in particular because I, I played it in college. I am a huge college football and professional football fan. Now, I, I know we have a lot of Brazilians and Hispanics in here. I, American football. Let me, just say, let me just define what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about soccer. That's, I'm talking about American football. And, and I love American football. What I've noticed about American football is in America, the majority of people are spectators when it comes to football. And so what happens is, is there will be a game on. And as you're watching the game, you're sitting there with a Coke in your hand and a bag of chips. And you're looking at these incredible athletes and you're going, come on, why can't you make that tackle? Everybody can make that tackle. Oh, you missed that throw. Come on, I could make that throw. And what I really wish would happen in, a, in football, whether it's a college or a professional game, is that there would, instead of being 11 players on the field, there would be 10 athletes out there and one regular Joe on every team. Like they gotta be on the field at all times because then we'd have a realization that we are not very athletic. And that the, the things were like, oh, can't you make that tackle? Well, when you're, you know, five foot six and 300 pounds and you run a 10 flat 40, which is not fast, and Derrick Henry is running at you, you'll realize that he just runs you over and keeps running. It's not as easy to tackle God as you thought it was. Like you would realize that it's not as easy to throw that pass when a six foot six lineman that runs a four, four, 40 yard dash comes and hits you from the blind side. Like you would have the realization that, man, it's not as easy as it looks. And that's what I would equate prayer to, my friends. See, the, in the church, we, we're in this world where you have a problem. Here's where we go. Just pray about it. Yeah. Just go to God in prayer. And, and what happens is, is we see people on TV, that, like these televangelists, and they're great at praying. They're like, unbelievable. Then we see somebody like Pastor Shayla get up here and pray, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's a pro. And she is. And you go, well, I, I, I guess I could try that. And I'll never forget when I first became a Christ follower. I remember, I remember that I, I just got up this gumption. I was like, man, I'm going I'm to go to God with, with everything that I've got. And I remember making out a list because I wanted to make sure I covered everything. When I, I went to God in prayer, I made this list and I got in this place and, and I, I, I got all fired up and so I listened to some worship music. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And then I, I started praying as fervently and as hard and as passionately as I could. I'm praying through my list and I'm like, man, I'm just going after it. And, and when I finished, I looked down at my watch and 30 seconds had passed. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus is like, could you not tarry an hour? And I'm like, no, I got 30 seconds. Like, I, there, there wasn't much. And I'm like, man, what, what's the deal? And so what I want to do is I want to help you very practically today learn how to pray. Because we, we've been, our church has been 
built on a foundation of prayer. In fact, we've, we've kind of had a motto as a church from the very beginning, before we ever started services, before we ever do services on the weekend, we are a pray first people. We believe in the power of prayer. So it's not just a motto we have, but it's actually a lifestyle that we embody and we embrace. And so the question uh, uh, before you take that job should be, have you prayed about it? Like, like before you ask that girl out on a date, guys, you should, like before you answer that guy, girls, you should, like before you post that thing on social media, you should, before you respond to that post on social media, you should, after that person cuts you off on 95 on your way to work, you should pray first. <laughs> Why? Because we, 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 we are a pray first people and it will help your life if you learn the arts of praying first. The problem is, is we just tell people pray, 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 and then pray, pray, some more pray, pray. But I don't know that we've ever really taught you how to pray. So what I want to do is I want to take a couple minutes and get real practical because I want to help your prayer life go to the next level because here's what I believe. How you pray determines who you become. Yeah. How you pray determines who you become. So it's not, I tried and I'm sure that my prayers are good. No, 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 no. How you pray matters. And, and I know that a lot of us, we're trying. We are, because we're trying for that, we want that thing to happen with that kid, we want that thing to happen in our marriage, and, and I know you're trying. But it's not if you pray, but how you pray that determines how you and who you become. And I want our prayers church to be effective and produce some results so we can actually experience the breakthrough that we want to see God do in our lives. So I want to talk to you about four things today of how to pray. And the first one is this, is you've got to learn to pray specifically. You have to pray specifically. And, and I grew up in a culture of church where, where we never really prayed specifically, we just kind of went like this. Well, God knows what I'm thinking. God knows what's in my heart. And so that's how we, we well, God, God knows, right? God knows. So why do, why do I have to get specific? Because he already knows what's going on. And, and I get it. One of the reasons why people didn't, didn't want to get specific in their prayers in the culture I grew up with is because there was always that prayer group that wasn't really a prayer group. It was a gossip group. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, we got to pray for Glenda. Oh, what's going on with Glenda? Well, Glenda is going through this and this and this. Oh, yeah. There was no praying for Glenda going on. It was just an opportunity for people to talk about Glenda because, because there wasn't any praying. And here's the problem with that. When you're asked what your needs are and you go, it's unspoken, that's the problem. And this is how this guy approaches God. Check out what he said in verse 47. It said, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of Na David, have mercy on me. And these are, that's our kind of prayer. Have mercy on me. God, bless me. God, would you bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men? I'm just praying for peace everywhere. Listen, you're not running for the Miss USA Today pageant. <laughs> like, 
generic prayers and those, those unspecific prayers, like that's not a prayer that produces results in your life. And Jesus goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, bring that God to me. Like, like we're gonna get past the superficial. We're gonna get past the, the churchy jargon. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna get to the bottom of this. We're not going, hey, bless me kind of prayers. And this is what Jesus says to him in Mark chapter 10, verse 51. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And if you've got your Bible, that's a great verse to underline. This is the phrase that pays in your scripture. It's probably actually one of the most powerful phrases because Jesus looks at the blind man and says, hey, what do you want me to do? And you would think, well, duh, Jesus, he's blind. What do you think he wants you to do? Like, what do you think he needs? Like, just take a stab at it, Jesus. <laughs> and what we'd go, well, Jesus knows in my heart. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. I don't want you to just give me something in your heart. He says, I need you to actually say what you need from me. See, what Jesus is looking for from every single one of us is this word called confession, where where we learn to say out loud, what do we need from Jesus in our life today? And so my question for you, church, and everybody at Lighthouse Point is this, is what do you want Jesus to do for you? Like specifically, what do you want Jesus to do in every aspect of your life. Don't just go to God and go, God, I want blessings. No, get specific. What do you want God to do? Because here's what I've learned. It takes faith to get specific. Listen, if you pray generic prayers, you know what you're gonna get? You're gonna get generic results. It's why some of you are praying prayers and you're like, did God answer it? Did God not answer it? I don't really know because it's so generic that you have no definition of did he show up and did he show off. I've just learned in my life that I've got to get specific in my life. In fact, one of the things I do is every month, I, I, in the beginning of the month, I take out a list on my phone and I pray some specific prayers in, a, in about six different areas of my life. In fact, it's something that I want to challenge you to do. Like As I'm praying in this last quarter of the year, here are some things that I'm praying for. I, I'm praying for in a spiritual aspect of my life. What do I need God specifically to do in my relationship with him? Like, What areas do I need him to work on? What areas does he need to reveal to me in my relational world with my relationship with my wife? God, what do I need you specifically to do in this relationship besides change Shayla to act just like me? Like what else besides that do I need you to, like I need to get specific in my financial world. God, what do I need you specifically to do? I'm praying about our legacy offering in this. God, what are you asking me to do in this season? How do you want me to do that in in my health? God, what are you saying to me when it comes to my physical world? How am I taking care of that in my career? God, how do you want me to lead our church? What does that look like? What are the hires I need to make? What are the people I need to invest in? And then other, like what are some other people that maybe I'm praying for that are specifically on my list? And so I put these prayers on my phone so that next month, As I'm going through my list, I can see specifically where God showed up and he answered that prayer. And I'm checking this thing off and I'm checking that thing off. And maybe there's something he hasn't answered yet. So that's going to stay on there. So that way I'm able to know what God is actually doing in my life because I haven't been general with it. I've been specific with it. 
And when you get specific, things change. Listen, babies have been dedicated on this stage because of specific prayers I've made. Marriages have been restored in this church because of specific prayers that I've prayed. You're sitting in a building right now over specific prayers that I prayed five years ago. Like specific prayers change things. And watch how you get specific, God answers specifically to you. And so you got to begin to open up your mouth and get specific with God. Number two, you've got to pray out loud. you got to pray out loud. Now, this is hard because in our day and age, when it comes to prayer, this is how we approach it. May I have a moment of silence? You think about that. Anytime there's a prayer in, in, in a public setting, what are they always like? Let's have a moment of silence. Which is great but it doesn't work in any healthy relationship. No healthy relationships, moments of silence work. If I were to go, hey Shayla, let's go out on a date. I, I arranged this incredible date with her. We get to the restaurant, we order our food, and then I say, you know what would be the best thing for this date? Is if we could just have a moment of silence. <laughs> How many of you know there's gonna be a lot of moments of silence that night as I'm sleeping on the couch by myself? Why, because in healthy relationships, silence doesn't work, and, and if, if Christianity is not a religion, but it's a relationship, then we've gotta treat it like a relationship and, and approach it like a relationship. And so don't just sit there and do silent things and go, God knows what I'm thinking. God knows what I need and what I want. No, there's power in opening up your mouth and saying it. Look at this passage in verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to send good vibes. He imparted energy into the atmosphere. No, what did he do? He began to shout. Why? Because our words have the power to change things. And things begin to happen when we begin to speak and if you don't believe me, try being married and, and speaking some things that aren't very good. It will change things really fast. But they also have the power to correct. They have the power to heal. Words have so much power when we begin to open up our mouth. And I want you to know that your words have power in prayer. It changes the atmosphere. And it's so important that you speak your prayers out loud. And listen, I understand it, it may be something that a lot of you guys have never tried before, but check out what Jesus says in Mark chapter 11. He says, then I, he said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, not think to the mountain, not send good vibes to the mountains, but speak to the mountain. And here's the problem with so many people. You, you go, well, God knows what I'm thinking. I understand God knows what you're thinking, but the mountain doesn't. And you're saying something to the mountain that you need to have happen in your life. And so what we need to understand is we need to start speaking to our situation. We need to start speaking some things over our children. We need to start speaking to our problem because I understand that God knows what I'm thinking, but those things don't. And the Bible says that there is power of life and death in our tongue. And we can change things with the words that we're speaking. He says, say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Listen, it will happen if you open up your mouth and speak. And let me just tell you, as your pastor, it works. Like you want to take your prayer life to the next level? 
Begin to pray out loud. Here's what it does personally for me. Praying out loud keeps me focused. It does because I, I don't know about you, but I have ADD, ADHD, ABCD, EFG. I got it all. Like, I, like I, I just struggle, like I'm easily distracted. It's like the squirrel thing, like squirrel, squirrel. Like I'm just, I'm just all over the place. And what happens is when I am speaking something, I'm focused on that moment. And then the distractions begin to wane and all of a sudden what I'm focused on is the only thing that I'm focused on. And, and I'm, just, I'm just watching this season. Praying out loud is so, so important. I, I lead a men's freedom group for a group of guys on Monday night. And I, I've watched how over this last little season, one of the things we do is we do a lesson. And at the end of the day, uh, every day that we have this group, the guys take out a three by five card and they write specific prayer requests. They bring them to me and I sit down with them and I begin to pray specifically out loud for them. Now, I don't just send good vibes to them. I don't, I don't just go, God, you know what I'm thinking. No, 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 what I do is I begin to pray scripture. I begin to pray truth. And we're seeing miracles take place. We're seeing businesses thrive. We're seeing healing. We're seeing forgiveness. I mean, we're seeing the most miraculous things because what's happening is their soul is being encouraged and the word is being spoken over them and we have power in our works. And so we've got to learn to pray specifically and we've got to learn to pray out loud. And then number three, we've got to pray boldly gonna pray boldly. I recently had a woman walk up to me after one of our church services and she's like, Pastor TJ, Pastor TJ, I, I, I need you to go to God for me because I need a miracle. I was like, well, that's, I said, have you gone to God? No, no, no. She, she's like, I need you to go. Like, I, 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 you, you've got a special, special connection to him. And I was like, whoa, 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 you, you've got this confused. If you're, if you have given your life to Jesus, you have the same connection to God that I have. Like you have the same access to God that I have. And like you can go right to God anytime you need to see. The problem with a lot of us is we don't think we have the access to God that he has given us the availability to. That's why Hebrews chapter four says it like this. So let us come boldly before the th throne of our gracious God. Like we have access to roll right up on God anytime we need something from him and run right up to his throne. The way I like to describe it is, is last weekend, our, our foster son, Alexander, was here, and uh, I was in the middle of this deep conversation with somebody, and he saw me from across, across the way out front, and he ran over, and he, he just grabbed a hold of me, and I picked him up in that moment. Didn't matter how important that conversation was. Why? Because that's my son, and my son always has access to his father, and you always have access to your father. If you're a son, if you're a daughter, any moment you can run up into the throne of God, and he says, there you'll receive his mercy and you will find his grace to help you when you need it the most. Can I just encourage some people? Man, you can ask your friends to pray. That's an incredible thing to do. You, you can take out those, those get connected cards and on the back you can put your prayer request in there and we will pray for you. But there is something powerful that happens when you begin to get specific and pray out loud and pray boldly before the God of the universe, your request that he hears you because you're his son and you're his daughter and what loving God doesn't wanna take care of his children. And I can ask for big things because I know that my God hears me. We've got to get to this place where we understand that God actually wants to listen to us. And we can bring big requests to him because of that. So what Bartimaeus does in this story, in verse 48, it says, be quiet. They're like, 
Simmer down, Bartimaeus. Jesus doesn't have time for you. A lot of us, we have this weird idea in our minds that God, God's so busy taking care of everything else that like, he doesn't have time for little old me. Here's the thing, I, what I know about every loving father is they always have time for their children. Right. If they don't have time, that's not a loving father. A loving father has time. And you think, well, he's got so much, else. I don't know if he can handle one more thing. Listen, he created, the, he can handle whatever you're going through. It says, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. He says, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. Notice the man's response, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, well, if you have some time. Like, if you can just squeeze out a little bit of power extra for me. Like, I, I, I don't need complete healing. Like, I, I just need to go from being blind to having bifocals, God. Like, if, if you could just kind of meet me halfway. And what happens is we end up praying these weak prayers. God, God, help me get through this day and just help me pay my bills. Do you know that you serve a God who says he'll provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory? Do you know that you serve a God that has a cattle on a thousand hills? Do you realize that you, you serve a God that his name is Jehovah Jireh, your provider? Like he's got access to everything and we need to start praying some bigger and more bolder and more audacious prayers in our life. He says, my rabbi, the blind man said, I wanna see. Listen, every doctor says it's impossible. Every person says it's impossible. This has crippled me all of my life, but I believe that you, Jesus, and you alone, that you can change this. And I'm just, thinking that in the last quarter of this year, would there be some people at Coastal Community Church that would say, you know what, I'm tired of praying wimpy prayers. I'm going to get bold in my faith. I'm going to start to step out and I'm going to start to trust God again for some bigger things that I've let die off on the past. And I don't know what it is that you've let die. It's time for us to begin to dream bigger again today. I want you to move from beyond surviving to actually thriving in this life where you're going, God, I know you are a miracle worker, that we don't just sing songs like, that, that, that we believe that, man, he's a healer, he's a miracle worker, but that we actually pray that and we believe that with all of our hearts. Because when God moves, things change and lives are transformed. And we believe it today in our church. That's so why we, we look at verses like 1 John where it says this is the confidence I love that word confidence when's the last time you had some confidence before your God that we have in approaching like we, we have access to God we can approach him that if we ask anything according to his will listen he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we will have what we asked of him. Love how Mark Batterson says it in his book, The Circle Maker. He says, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less than. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they're actually insulting to God. In church, can we just begin to believe for bigger? I think that a lot of us have settled for a dysfunction that is far lower than God's best and God's will for our lives.
And we need to keep praying, keep being specific, keep praying out loud, keep approaching God boldly, believing that things are gonna change. And then number four, we need to pray believing. Let me define that a little bit. I, I would say it more like this. We need to pray trusting in God in the process. Because you have to understand how this works. If, because if you have followed God any length of time in your faith, then you know that number four is the toughest on the list. Like in all reality, one, two, or three are, are formulaic. Like if you do this, and you do this, and you do this. But number four is where the rubber meets the road because I, I can pray specifically, I can pray out loud, I can pray boldly. But this one is tough because I've laid hands on people that were sick and healing didn't take place. I've prayed for some of your friends and your family members that they would live and they died. I've prayed for little kids trusting that God would do something great in their lives and it didn't happen the way that I prayed. And so the question is, is what do you do in those situations? What do you do when you pray in a season and you don't get the answer that you thought you were gonna get? Let me just say it this way. In our lives, the devil's greatest weapon against your prayer life is doubt. And I just wanna sit here for another minute because if you don't know how God works, you will get frustrated in your prayer life and walk in doubt all the time because you don't see God do what you thought you should have seen him see. Like you'll get angry and you'll get upset and you'll get frustrated at prayer because you're going, I'm not gonna try that again. I prayed that last time and I didn't get the answer I wanted. It didn't work. Like I prayed to be in a relationship and I'm still single. I prayed for that job, and I'm still working over here. I prayed for that healing, and the cancer is still evident in my body. And you'll get frustrated by what didn't happen because you didn't realize how it works. James 5, 16 says it like this. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. It has great power, and it produces results. So I wanna help you remove all doubt in your life that when you pray, God does answer that request. Always, 100% of the time. Now I just want you to know that sometimes, and I don't understand, but sometimes that answer is no. And I'm just here to remind you that, that God is not a genie in a bottle, that if you rub him the right way, every one of your wishes is gonna be his command. That's not how it works. He is a God that we willingly lay down our lives to serve no matter what the outcome is. And that's what this, this story is all about. In fact, I want to share with you one part of the story that I'd never seen until this week. It says in verse 51, it says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. 
And what's interesting is in this moment, Bartimaeus realizes that there is something so much more important than just having eyesight. Because if you just look a little bit further, you'll begin to notice the disobedience of Bartimaeus. Like he did not go. Jesus said go and Bartimaeus stayed. Like, and I think that in some of us, there's gotta be some tenacity that needs to come up inside of you that when Jesus answers, whether, whether it's yes or no or wait, or whether it's like he says in this situation, you do the same thing that Bartimaeus does. It says instantly he was healed. He receives his answer. And sometimes that answer is good. And sometimes that answer is bad. But guess what he did after? No matter what the answer was, it says he Follow Jesus down the road. This church right here is the life of prayer. This is, this is the life of faith where you say, God, if you give me the answer and it's good, I'm gonna follow you. God, if you give me the answer and it isn't one that I understand and it isn't one that I don't like, I'm still gonna follow you. If he gives me money, I'm going to follow him. If he doesn't give me the money, I'm still going to follow him. If he heals my body, I'm going to follow him. If he doesn't heal my body, I'm still going to follow him. If he brings my kids back, I'm going to follow him. If he doesn't bring my kids back, I'm going to follow him. If he brings me a spouse, I'm going to follow him. If he doesn't bring me a spouse, I'm going to continue to follow him no matter what the situation here is because I'm not here for the answer. I'm here for the person of Jesus because we are following followers of Jesus. And so sometimes you're going to pray and you're going to get the answer that you want. You're going to keep following Jesus. And sometimes you're going to pray and it's not going to work out the way you want it to. Keep following Jesus. Because in this story, the miracle that Bartimaeus received was not sight. It was salvation. It was, I am now connected to the person of Jesus and I'm following him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I tell you this, after 24 years of following Jesus with many prayer requests answered and a lot of prayer requests not answered in the way that I wanted them answered. The journey of following Jesus, church, is worth it. 100%. But here's what I want for us. I want us to believe God. I want us to believe God big in this season of life. And so what that means is that we've got to get specific in our prayers and we've got to begin to pray those things out loud and we've got to pray with a boldness and then no matter what the outcome is, we continue to believe and we continue to trust because the thing that we're after isn't an answer. The thing that we're after is the person of Jesus. And no matter what has happened in the results, the results of every one of my prayers is that I've gotten to know God so much better and my relationship with him is so much closer. It's helped me take my next step in every part of the journey. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me?
God, I thank you that you're a God that isn't just looking for a bunch of robots that follow you, but God, that you actually want a relationship with us. That you so loved us that you want us to pray big prayers and bold prayers and prayers of faith that that you want to see the impossible happen in our lives. And God, I pray right now that you would stir up a fervency and a boldness and a passion and a tenacity within every single one of us that God, we wouldn't continue to pray generic prayers, but God, we would get specific in what you want to do in our health and our finances and in our relational world and in our careers and in, in, in every aspect of our lives. And that, that as we do that, that we would start to pray those things out loud and we would pray them boldly before you and that we would trust you that no matter what the outcome is, that the outcome that we're going to get is we're going to get to know you better because you just want to know us. But God, I know that you're going to show up. And you're going to show off in our lives like you never have before because bold prayers honor God. And I believe that you honor bold prayers, God. Thank you for what is going to begin to take place. I, I thank you for the miracles. I thank you for the healings that are going to take place. I thank you for the relationships that are going to be restored. I thank you for, for the forgiveness that's going to take place. I thank you for, for the career paths that are going to change. I thank you for the businesses that are going to be started. I thank you for the transformation that's going to take place in children's lives. God, I just thank you in advance for the miraculous in all these different arenas of life. But what I also know is that maybe there's some people in here today that as you're listening to this, you're going, well, I didn't even know I could have a relationship with God like that. What's interesting is the Bible tells us that our sin actually separates us from God. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we were messed up and jacked up, we were actually separated from God, that God so loved us. He sent Christ to this earth to live a perfect life, a life that you and I could not attain. And to die a sinner's death, the death that you and I deserved. And he rose three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave so that we could have access to God once again. That the sin would no longer separate us, but Jesus would be that, that, that price that would be paid. So that we could run boldly before the throne of God and make any and every request that we need. And maybe you're here today and you've never experienced a relationship with God. I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm talking about being connected with our creator. You would say, you know what, Pastor TJ, I need that in my life. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, thank you. One, two, three. Yeah. Four, five, six. Anybody else? You guys can go ahead and put those hands down. If you'll pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for making a way where there was no way. That you so loved me that you gave your greatest gift of your son, Jesus, for my life. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. Come into my heart and take over my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. Thank you for giving me complete and total access to you. I love you in this place. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen.